it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of the Above the Ring operation, it is Scott. Scott, how are we doing today? Ah, uh, Sam, we're doing fantastic. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. Time for another fantastic episode of Above the Ring. Boy, do we have some fun stuff to talk about tonight. We do, but guys, keep in mind, we will not be talking about AEW tonight because obviously it doesn't happen until Friday, and because on Friday, or today, or tonight, or tomorrow, or whenever, it's the (laughs) go-home show. So this weekend, probably Sunday, depending on mine and Scott's mood, you will have our go-home show and our picks for the third edition of Double or Nothing. It's a solid card. You guys need to stay tuned for that. But I won't talk too much about that because we've got a lot of things to talk about here. Well, first and foremost, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up the uh, the, the news that you really hadn't heard anything about, Scott, because I okay. need your natural reaction because this is <clears throat> so. Will Osprey obviously vacated the New Japan uh, World Heavyweight Title. IWGB uh, World Heavyweight Championship. And he gave an update on his neck injury. Now, keep in mind, he just turned 28 10 days before I turned 30, so about 20 days ago. Um, He came back and said, things are not looking good. From my understanding, at Wrestling Dong Taco, he had fractured his neck. Mm. So... He's being referred to, uh, this was from actually the 26th of May. I had my physio pop over the house today, and after a further dig, I'm now being referred for another MRI on my lower back as well as, as well for fears I may have the same issue in my neck. Things ain't looking good, but I'm determined to come back this year. Wow. So. That sucks. Will Ospreay being, I think, one of the greatest talents out there. Hands down. Um, if his career ends now, I will I will be upset. But for some people who have sustained injuries, they've become amazing commentators over the years. So that opportunity sure. I could see 
showing its ugly head. But from my understanding, there is obviously one man who's eyeballing a current vacant title, who I would argue is the face of that company, title or not. It is none other than the Rainmaker, Kazuka Okada. Rainmaker! Which would be interesting if he walked into a certain pay-per-view in July with some gold around his belt. Mm. Maybe for a certain belt collector to take a look at. Scott, I wasn't even thinking that. About, okay, let's, let's, think about this. let's think about this. If we're talking about, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna bring this up. I made the random comment at the beginning of the year where I'm like, for all I know, this random signing could be Christian. And lo and behold, that was the signing yep. at Revolution. Yep. If we're really talking about Omega Okada Five, if that is a reality. Scott, the world might implode. The wrestling world certainly will. Especially if that's on AEW pay-per-view. Like, all out. In Chicago. With some of the most rabid wrestling fans ever. Oh, Sam. Every, every Sam. Let <sighs> <sighs> mm. me tell you, just before, just before we get into it, you mentioned Slammiversary. I mentioned Slammiversary. And um, yeah, they showed the promo again for Impa- at Impact. Scott, I'm I'm excited. I'm getting excited. We're so much. Oh, we're getting close. You know that magical day in July, right before Slammiversary. Who's gonna return to Impact? Will we have new debuts? I love how they've slowly added in new features, like they've put in the yes lately. And the iconic eyes. Mm-hmm. And I've even, I saw it today on the Twitch chat that somebody said, I can dream. So I'm like, oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Heavy breathing. I know. But it's not like we're we're not even to that point yet because we still got against all odds. We still got Moose challenge Kamea, which I really feel should be on an actual pay per view because that match should be top quality, regardless. But I feel like you should be paying top dollar for that match, not just the Impact Plus. But that's just me. They're throwing, us, they're throwing greatness at us for free, Scott. Well, um, not free, free, but close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, so, Scott and I, we're going to walk away from our fantasy booking. <laughs> we'll get back. Do we, have, do we have to, Sam? It's oh, so much fun in here. I know. We, we have so much fun. You and I could, man, if you and I ran a wrestling company, oh, my God. Bedlam Championship Wrestling. Oh, man. Imagine who we could sign and who we wouldn't sign. That's true. It would be Even Bedlam. Cat champion. I mean, what? What? Huh? <laughs> so, talking about uh, talent. So, big news story out of... I don't even remember where this was out of. Um, former 
WCW, I would always put him as a legend back then. Not like in like in terms of like, you know, he's like Sting, he's like Flair, but like a staple at one point. Yeah. WCW star Marcus Buff Bagwell was arrested of more than 10 charges, I believe, accused of hit and run, lying to cops. There's a lot to the story. It's just a real shame. It's yeah, like they you know people always joke that or not joke, but this is one of his taglines. Buff is the stuff, and you know, I used to love him in WCW, and you know, even with his little unfortunate short stint in WWE, which went absolutely nowhere, and he even wrestled in TNA after that. But it was just like. To see this, it's like you always you always feel a little bad. It's just like, you know, what happened? And just seeing a picture of him now for what he used to look like, it's like, oh, man, he has not aged well. <laughs> there is very little talent that I can look back at. Okay, I'm going to say it right now. Rhino. Rhino is like 50. He looks mm. great. A little heavier than he was when he was younger, but he looks great. But not everyone looks like that. A lot of them more so look like what Buff Bagwell looks like. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but here we are. (laughs) Speaking about unfortunate and dropping the ball, here are more releases this past week. Mostly... Not talent, mostly commentators, which is the big one. We're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, my understanding was a lot of higher-ups. Um, I don't know if this was discussed last week. If he was no, no, this happened This happened just recently. Um, well, I meant the, um, uh, the ref from uh, NXT there. Oh, yeah, that was – yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, that was yeah. – let's talk about nuclear heat. Backstage because of some of his comments he's made online. Yeah. Surprised he lasted as long as he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there was a lot of interesting ones this week. Um, Raw commentator Ad- Adnan Verk. I pronounced that right? Probably not. No, that's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. After it's, seven episodes of being on Raw. Yeah. Signed a multi year deal. Eight weeks ago, and I don't know. I I never had a problem with him. Yes, was he different? Absolutely. He comes from the sports world, so the moment he started speaking, I was like, all right, I understand what WWE is trying to do here. They're trying to be more legitimate in like a sports sense, having actual sports commentators, and you know. Was he fluent in wrestling terms? No, but Corey and Byron did a wonderful job, you know, helping him along, trying to teach him different things. Like if he would screw up, which he did, one of them would come in and and make the save and explain to him in a way that wasn't like talking down to him, kind of just explaining things. And I thought they all meshed real well together. Um, I thought he was starting to get slightly better, but he was very repetitious with certain things and 
I don't know. His glo- his growth was slow, and obviously it was too much. And obviously, the internet wrestling community being the way they are, they absolutely hated him from day one. Wanted Tom Phillips back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, he agrees to part ways, um, and he's already going off and doing stuff with the NHL Network. So I'm like, hey, perfect. He's already all set. And then the shocker that actually dropped today or Thursday, the aforementioned Tom Phillips released by WWE to the complete shock of everybody, myself included, because I thought he was a phenomenal play-by-play commentator. He messed really well with everybody. He was in some storylines with Seth Rollins, with him and Samoa Joe, and it's just like... He, to me, <sighs> was going to be the future voice of WWE. I agree. I, they were even they were grooming him to be the next Michael Cole. And he, I thought he was doing a great job, and then they mixed, you know, they did the whole mix-up, moved him to 205 Live, and I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. But they wanted to give Ed a chance, and I'm like, all right, well, whatever, we'll see what happens. And well, that didn't work. And now, <laughs> well, here's here's our here's our fin- first and foremost. That aside, and don't get me wrong, I think Byron has come kind of a long way from when he started commentating. Yeah, but if I had to pick Tom or Byron, I'm taking Tom. I agree. I agree. But of course, in typical WWE fashion, they don't learn from their mistakes. So replacing <laughs> Adnan Verk is going to be former UFC and Bellator commentator Jimmy Smith, who was on the pre show for the WWE's past pay per view. And I personally thought he was as stiff as a board. So I'm like, oh, that's your new Raw commentator? Okay. Fuck. (laughs) That's like... That's like if... Oh my god, how's the best way to put this? (laughs) Don't don't put it the best way. Just put it the way it is. That's like if AEW took Britt Baker from her promo from Bash at the Beach last year, not Bash mm. at the Beach, the, the, the cruise, the one where she sounded awful. Yep. Was it two years ago? I don't remember anymore. It's all a blur. Um, and they went, that's who we want running our uh, – face of the women's division, they give her the belt, and her mic skills do not improve. This is like, there is something I just can't... Yeah, I like don't know. Why? why? There, I, I know people, there's people who do not like AEW. That's fine. And they'll, they'll mock AEW up and down. But there's also people on the other side who will mock WWE, myself included, when they make a lot of dumb mistakes. All companies do it. And we're fans, yeah. you know, you know, what there's so much politics and whatnot. But fuck, man, you just get 
aside from maybe Vic Joseph, Tom Phillips was the best commentator they had, and they just yeah. got rid of him. Yeah, I have no idea why, and it, it honestly bothers me why um, they just let him go. Now, I honestly, I hope AEW scoops him up in some form or fashion. Um, I don't know where he would really go at this point. They don't need a five-man <laughs> announced team. But I don't know. It's just maybe have him do a backstage right now. Something. I mean, and, you yeah. know, I don't know. Maybe have him learn from freaking Jim Ross and, you know, Excalibur and, you know, oh, Tony Schiavone. And... Excalibur and Tom Phillips. Oh, my God. <sighs> Insane. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's just, it's a little mind-boggling. I, I, I'm sure there's something backstage political about this whole release. I don't know. It's just it's it's nonsense. I don't like it. And yeah, there was something I saw, and again, I don't like to feed into rumors. And again, I went looking just before we recorded this, and I could only find one spot where this article was. And it was sad that supposedly WWE is getting ready to sell with the way that they've just consolidated upper management. I always, I always love those rumors. Vince now, is never going to sell this company. Now he'll I sell he'll sell parts of it, like he did with the network and Peacock. But he's not going to give up control of this company. He will no. die before this happens. And the way well, Vince is, he's never going to die. That's the thing. Like. I mean, I my company, my job went through that back in November, six months ago, right. and it's it is very similar. You know, it, I will never rule out the possibility of him selling the company. However, I'm not stupid, and I'm smart enough to realize who Vince McMahon is and what that company means to him. I think he loves that more than his own children. <laughs> his own children are part of it. <laughs> seeing that he tried to do incest angles with his daughter 20 years ago. Oh, so. He wanted to be edgy before edgy was a thing. And that's a little too edgy there, Vince. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I, on, like, from, I wouldn't personally put any real stock into that type of thing. I don't think he's honestly, you know, there, there are a few certainties in this world, you know, death taxes and Vince McMahon never selling WWE. Now, but <laughs> honestly, like, <laughs> I, I just don't see it happening. Like I'm pretty sure you and I will be dead in the ground and Vince McMahon will still be shit walking his way down a ramp somewhere. <laughs> it, it's just, it's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. It something does need to change, and I know unfortunately all those people who did lose their job this past week, a lot of them had to do with the digital side of things, a lot of the WWE stuff, a lot of the you know video packaging and stuff, which is really upsetting because WWE is like leading the way when it comes to doing promo packages and stuff like that. And you know, you let go of some of these people that have been around for you know, over a decade, and it's just like, okay, you're gone. It's like, that, 
fucking sucks. I hope these other wrestling companies see this and be like, oh, um, come come here. We, we Arms wide open. Make delicious things for us. Make us better. Make us look, you know, more professional and, and amazing. And, you know, maybe, you know, by WWE shedding, the, shedding their, you know, unwanted talent, other people will pick them up and then everybody else starts getting a little better. And maybe it ends up leading to actual competition for everything. And, you know, maybe it makes wrestling better again. You know, we'll, uh, we'll see. We will. But I don't know. I think you and I both So I, I, don't, I don't know. There's something weird about the Tom Phillips release that just weird dark shadow. It just something doesn't feel right from that. So, that being said, if you don't want to do so, please make sure that you're watching, uh, listen to uh, Scott's Raw Review and SmackDown Study every Tuesday and Saturday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I don't go into too much soapbox standing when it comes to these things. I do try to cover the shows and I give my honest opinions on things and if news breaks between like then and us recording our normal above the ring, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it. But I don't know. It's yeah. Every so often, Scott, you and I need to like just like come out out of our normal happy-go-lucky world of above the ring, very <laughs> constructive criticism, and go, "Yo, what the fuck?" <laughs> maybe maybe that could be one of our video series that we'll start. <laughs> video, yeah. Uh, um, is it, um, do we have something in the works, Scott? Potentially, maybe, uh, maybe. Little, little, yeah, little, little teaser right there. <laughs> oh man, teasing me too much, Scott. Oh man, get out of here. Well, let's get it. Let's get right into this, Scott. Why don't you kick us off about NXT from Tuesday? Good old NXT. Oh, another. Beautiful episode. This main event, which we'll, we'll get to in a few minutes. Mm. 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 Okay. <laughs> so, opening contest. Women's tag team division. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon taking on NXT Women's Champion Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. And a little bit of a surprise here. Shotzi and Ember getting the win. Not because they got the win, but the fact that the women's champion takes an L? She didn't eat the pin. Dakota did, which is understandable. But it's just kind of weird to see... NXT is normally pretty good about not having their champions lose. At least it's rare. So I'll chalk this up to being a rare thing. But obviously Dakota did not take this. I'm sorry, not Dakota. Raquel did not take this lying down. Uh, after the match was over, she pretty much destroyed Shotzi Blackheart. While Dakota Kai held Ember Moon down and made her watch. So Raquel sending a nice uh, message to whoever her next opponents will be and to clearly Shotzi and Ember. <laughs> so I'm interested to see what happens here. I don't know if 
one of these two tries to go after Raquel for the title, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, it's always nice to see uh, the champ in a good storyline, and I think either one of these two ladies would be really uh, a good, pretty good matchup for her. After that, we went on to kind of a retribution-style match for Bobby Fish as he challenged Pete Dunne. But Pete Dunne wasn't having it. Puts Bobby Fish down, which I found a little weird because you just returned from injury. But you have Pete Dunne who says he's the you know the biggest badass in NXT and people need to step up to him. And Bobby does exactly that. Bobby gets put down. So it's like... I thought that was a weird booking thing. It's kind of like, and it wasn't like a, it was a clean, that's the thing. It was a clean ending. And it wasn't, there was no real shenanigans. I mean, after the match, Odie Lorcan attacked Bobby Fish, but still, that's beside the point. It's just, I don't know. I felt like if this match ended with some type of shenanigans, and Pete Dunne got the win, then I'd be okay with it. But this was a clean finish. I thought it was, yeah. Uh, after that, we moved on to uh, Mercedes Martinez taking on in and defeating Zeta Raymer. Um, Zeta's still looking pretty good. I know she's obviously real new, um, but Mercedes bounced back nicely after her loss to Raquel. However, after the match, lights go out. We see uh, Tien Shaz in the back on the Titantron that they have. I really like that side Titantron that they use where the fans normally are. And I don't know, it just it really feeds well to their hard camp. And lights come back on. Martinez is still in the ring with her music. And all of a sudden, her hand is marked. I'm like, oh, she got the black mark. This is not good. So somebody's coming for Mercedes. I'm assuming they're going to send Zia Lee, which I think is going to be a very, very interesting feud between those two. So I like it when NXT gives me something that I can bite into and be like, all right, it's unique. This is different. I wouldn't expect these two to be fighting, but they are. Let's see where this goes. We then moved on to what I thought was, for me personally, the actual main event of the evening. It was the million-dollar face-off between the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes. I loved this whole segment so much. And the fact that I actually got mad that L.A. Knight came out and interrupted only to have L.A. Knight turn on, not even turn on, but just attack Cameron Grimes as he has his back to him, which you know is the first mistake. You, you don't make that mistake. Ted trying to pull at the heartstrings of Cameron saying that, oh, he reminds him of a, of a, of a younger Ted. And after that, after he gets attacked by L.A. Knight, 
Ted DiBiase just stands over him and tells him, you'll never learn, kid. And then he does his iconic laugh. And I'm just like, we have a feud now with L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes. And Now, wow. you mentioned that. I've heard rumors that a certain title might come back into the picture. Well, Sam. I even tweeted it. I'm like, give this man the billion dollar title. But if that title ends up in LA night, and then they have a match for it, ha! Ha, Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, I love how they're talking about all this like intense just like, oh, you remind me so much of, of me and stuff like that. And meanwhile, somewhere in the world, Ted DiBiase Jr. is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or yep. Ted Jr. He never got the respect he deserved. Everyone's got a price. <sighs> <laughs> he just couldn't live up to the to the legacy. Wow. <laughs> Following that amazing segment, we finally had the debut of Frankie Monet. She took on and defeated Coro Jade. And I love, 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 love that NXT has allowed Taya Valkyrie, Frankie Monet, whoever, however you want to say it, allowed her to keep her fashion during her entrances. I personally think her theme song is perfect for her. It has that attitude that is essentially what Frankie is. And it just, I thought she looked outstanding. I guess that dress cost 30 something thousand dollars to make. I'm like, fuck. Girl. <laughs> and, and she killed it literally and figuratively in that dress and then in the match she was great. So, yeah. She's definitely going to be a mega star for this women's division. I hope that at some point they team her up with her husband. I hope actually that Morrison comes down to NXT and not Frankie move up because we all know what happens with the women in the main roster. No, so, no, uh, wonderful things. I've, we've never had that talk before. They do absolutely mm. wonderful things with their talent that move up. <laughs> Speaking of dropping the ball, for the main roster, anyways. The main event of the evening. For the NXT Championship. Cross Balor 2. Lived up to the first match. I thought this was incredible. Fowler, uh, Fowler. <laughs> Balor goes down. Cross retains. Cross remains undefeated. Where does Finn go from there? Does he go back up top to the main roster and die a horrible slow death? Or does he take a little bit more time off and then start fighting somebody else in NXT? I would say if he goes back to the main roster, it better be on SmackDown. Because at least on SmackDown, he'll have some fantastic competition. And especially if he brings his Prince persona up there and not Balor Club, we'll be fine. 
If he goes to Raw, I'll start writing his obituary. Obituary right now. Because <laughs> Raw literally is the land of the dead. He, I don't mean that the zombies either. It's just my God. <laughs> he has God tier status. Oh my God. Since he came back to NXT, yes. But even still, he moved up there when he was that first round pick. Was it him or Seth? I think he was the first round pick for that draft in 2016. Yeah. He was like, it was like, yo, they got Finn Balor coming up. Like, yeah. that's no joke. And then they were, yes, I know he got injured. And that's, that's like, what killed him. That is literally what killed everything. And it's unfortunate that it was an injury. Yes, he's the first ever, first ever, um, undis- oh my God, universal champion. But his reign lasted 24 hours. And then he never really stiffed that title ever again. And he never really stiffed any other titles. And it's like, what the fuck? You put him into, you know, he used his demon persona so much it lost its, it lost its edge. He, they, they put him in a match that was supposed to happen versus Bray Wyatt, who was turning into Sister Abigail. But I hate to say, thank God for the sickness, but because of a, a sickness that was going around the rosters at that point, the match was scrapped, and he ended up having probably one of the best matches I've ever seen with AJ Styles. Oh, I got pins and needles thinking about it. <sighs> so that was a saving grace. Thank God we never went back to that, that ridiculousness with Bray. Also, it's props to AJ because he what flew, took a 13-hour flight from like Chile or something? Yep. He was doing promotional work down there, and they're like, we need you here now. And he's like, all right, off he goes. And then that match between the two of them was just out. Oh, my God. Outstanding doesn't even come close to how good it was. And then the two sweet at the end, the whole crowd just exploded. I exploded from home. I'm sure everybody watched it. I was exploded from home. I was watching it at one of my friend's houses. I'll never forget this moment. And all you hear is Michael Cole go, they both led the biggest faction over in Japan. And I was like, yep. I was like losing my mind. Yep. Just like you, you, you think they're going to talk about actually name drop new Japan, but they don't because that's how, and that's one thing that really bothers me about WWE. It's like acknowledge other wrestling organizations. There's NXT only- does it. NXT does because they've acknowledged Kushida's six six time IWGP Junior Heavyweight uh, status. Um, JBL said it when AJ got signed that he was a two time IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He did. That is true. That but is it's true. very seldom. Yeah, it shouldn't be. Like if you look at all the other companies, they talk about the championships that they've done in other places. You know, WWE's famous line is, they won championships all around the world. Okay. Where? Tell but, us. I want to know. Especially, you know. We already know. <laughs> especially New Japan. Because a lot of their best talent comes from over there. Some of every, Everybody has worked in Japan at some point. Pretty Japan, much. when I was growing up, because we didn't have access to... We, we barely had access to watch Raw. Japan was where people went to learn to wrestle. Yep. 
Like if you wanted to like if you wanted to hone in your craft, you went to New Japan. You went to All Japan. Like those are those are always some of my favorite parts of biographies. The Stone Cold Truth. Mick Foley's Have a Nice Day. When they talked about we flew over to Japan for a few weeks, were always some of the best parts of those books. Mm-hmm. And they deny them that. No. It's it is upsetting. Dropping the fucking bomb. Mm-hmm. But seems to, a, like. seems to be a theme. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I wonder wonder if uh if there's a title for this episode already, Scott. I wonder. Hmm. I wonder. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Uh some other highlights of the show. Um Indy Hartwell spending pretty much half the episode trying to track down Dexter Loomis finds Loomis's I don't know what to call it room, but it's literally just like broken hearts and him being stabbed in the chest by <laughs> by Indy's words. And Indy's like a mess. And I'm like, this is so corny, but I love this shit so much. So I, I, I'm very intrigued to see what happens next. Um, we also then had another message from Walter talking to the remaining members of Imperium. And they had to show Alexander Wolf getting his ass handed to him again before, you know, after him already getting released. So it makes me wonder what's going to happen with the faction, if they're going to add another body to book the back to four. I know that Imperium now is going to be going after Brizango, uh, Brizango, after Brizango, <laughs> Brizango after what happened um, when they lost the titles to him way back when. So I'm all completely okay with a feud between those two for a little bit. But I don't know what, where Imperium's going next. I really hope they add another member because I like, I love the four people factions and more. I want them to add more than four, but. That's just me. I, I I grew up in the land of NWL where half the roster was on the fucking faction. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the case. Um, but I got to catch up on this. It's been a crazy week again, per usual. My last week at my job. Um, but I was you know cannot wait to watch Cross and Ballard two, mm. and of course Ted DiBiase uh, making his appearance. Yeah. So, s- skip, hop, and jump over two days to Impact. Uh, yeah, we get we're already talking about Under Siege, which is in two weeks, June twelfth. Two weeks, yeah, two weeks, June twelfth. It's crazy how fast these pay per views are coming. <clears throat> well, I feel like you and I are watching a pay per view. It's funny. When WWE was doing two pay-per-views a month, I was bitching about it. I know. Now I'm watching like <laughs> three different pay-per-views every month. And I'm like, this is fine. Everything is fine. My cable bill has never been so high. <laughs> <laughs> but kicking it off, we had an awesome promo from Sammy Callahan coming out and saying that he wants a shot yes. against Kenny Omega. Uh, one of the things I love about this, you know, he's talking about, you know, that they're scared of him, this and that, and da-da-da-da-da. Moose comes out. You know, tell him he's overstepping his bounds, this and that, da-da-da-da-da. The good brother's like, yeah, no, we want Moose. We're on Moose's side here. 
So then a brawl breaks out. And we have um, Don Callis makes a, ma a tag match between all four people. Wow. Uh, I tweeted this. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want Kenny to have the belt that long, this and that. I want Moose to get it back. But also at the same time, you're like, I want to watch him wrestle Moose. But I also want to watch him wrestle Sammy Callahan. Yep. There's a lot of people on that roster that Kenny Omega can... Keep that in mind. There's a lot of people on that roster I don't know if Kenny Omega's ever wrestled. That's true. That's true. And there's also the status of Moose's contract. And he's already said he'd go to he might go to AEW. He might be interested in that. Might be NXT. Yeah, who knows? It's just it's funny that there was I saw earlier this week that some places had started reporting that Moose had signed a clean contract with with Impact Wrestling. And Moose himself went on Twitter and said, The only people you should be listening to when it comes to a contract is me. So I'm like, oh, okay. So this is one of two things. Either he really has signed a new contract and now they're playing this into an angle, or he hasn't, and they're still turning this into an angle. So who knows? <laughs> Either way, we got ourselves an angle. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed, but Josh Matthews, who was taking over for um, Stryker this week, because mm -hmm. Stryker was on assignment. I love when they say that. I'm not here today, so I'm on assignment. <laughs> um. He had no problem name dropping NXT, AEW, New Japan. Did he mention that. NXT? He did. He said it on the air. Huh. Yep. He he did the whole what's next, the capital N, lowercase e, NXT, uh, capital X, capital T. So it's like, okay. Fair okay. game. Really, really, really putting out there like, hey, you can go anywhere. Yeah. And honestly... The way what the way Moose has really brought himself up, especially in the last like, you know, what we call the pandemic era, he's really coming to his own. So I would love to see Moose. I would love to see Moose in NXT. Not gonna lie, I think he'd be a great mainstay there. I think they would actually even keep his name because he's turned it into a household name at this point. Mm -hmm. So. Moose. Who knows? Exactly. It's just it's just there. It's built in. It's so ready to go. But knowing WWE, he'll probably come out as like bear. <laughs> Who knows? Or it'll be some dumb like dumb dumb name. Um I can't even think of anything. Like yeah, just, just because our intelligence is that much higher. <laughs> Than the naming schemes, Sam. That's why. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not Bruce Pritchard. Um, oh. Well, speaking of, uh, let's just get into this because it's it's interesting. Um, NXT at uh, NXT Impact actually st obviously started at eight, but this match didn't start till almost twenty five past the first match of the night. True. Not sure if you noticed that. Yeah. Um, open match tag match between with uh, TJP and Falaba taking on PD Williams and Josh Alexander. Um, I think this article I was about to quote was wrong. Um, great match. You get to see, obviously, Josh Alexander, who I think is one of the best technicians that Impact has. Mm -hmm. Um, the article, that's not right. I gotta go to something else, because something's, 
winners TJP and Josh Alexander. No. No. It was TJ TJP pinned Josh yes. Alexander. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm like looking. I'm like, am I like taking crazy pills? Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, which was really good. And at the end of it, or later on in the night, you know, TJP and uh Josh were like, yo, yo, TJP's like, yo, I know you have a lot of contenders, but yo, I just pinned you, I should get a shot. So yep. next week on before the impact. We're going to have an Iron Man, a sixty-man, sixty-minute Iron Man match that's going to leak right into Impact Wrestling. It's insane. A three-hour episode of Impact, almost. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. It is good shit, my friends. <laughs> um, following that, we had an interview with W. Morrissey. Um, really good interview. He's talking about how. Pretty much how, you know, he's always been mocked and how the fans and the industries laughed at him. And nobody's laughing now. Nobody's laughing now what he's, you know, he's coming in and doing. And then I believe he got attacked by our good friend Rich Swan. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what to think of this. I mean, I'm glad that W. Morrissey is kind of exposing the business. Mm-hmm. And I love the the you know the inside track that he has with everything and but him getting attacked by Rich was kind of I don't know. I didn't know how to take it. Because honestly if WC WC if W Morrissey doesn't utterly destroy Rich Swan in their match, then it's going to make W. Morrissey look bad. Like, this needs to be a less than five-minute squash mm-hmm. just to prove how dominant he is. The whole who's laughing now thing, I get it. He he needs to destroy people. He, I don't... He needs- it's interesting because I don't I, like. I know you know some people are probably thinking, "Oh yeah, you know it's big cast." I've within the short period of time he's been an impact. I've kind of been like, "Yeah, who cares?" Like, no, that's W. Morrissey. That's not big cast. Exactly. Yes, he's not fun loving. He's not you know seven foot tall. You can't teach that anymore. He is W. Morrissey, and he's gonna mess up your face. <laughs> Please do, and uh, he'll do it by design. <laughs> Uh, following that, <coughs> we had a five-woman knockouts tag match. Um, Jordan Grace, Tennille Dashwood, Havoc, Rosemary, and Rachel Elring taking on Deanna Prazo, Kimberly, Susan, and Fire and Flavor. Inter- great match. Interesting thing about this match, the second champion pinned on this evening. Yes. Deanna Prazo was pinned by Rosemary. And I, I, I think I texted you. I'm like, Scott, this is, this is, a, this is a sign here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how in, in the time I've watched Impact I don't think I've ever watched Deanna get pinned I was about to say the same thing it's true Like I, I, she's been, I know she's been championed essentially for like I don't know seven, eight, nine months you know, she's been there she just celebrated her one year anniversary being at the company so it's like yeah I don't think I've ever seen her take a pin other than what happened on Impact this week and I'm just like wow 
And of course, you know, it was to my girl Rosemary, and I get to hear Decay's theme song not once, not twice, but thrice tonight. I was very happy about that. Scott, were you happy about that? I, I, I wasn't getting that feeling. I don't know what it is about that theme song, but it just, I like it so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good theme song. Uh, that's like I like listening to uh, when Sammy Callahan comes out. Yes, that's oh, that's great. I love I love his whole entrance. Mm-hmm. Everything it just it fits him so well. Let me tell you, we get a chance to go to an Impact show after everything oh, is said and done, man. My God, I can't wait. Impact's be, on my list. Yeah, uh, I've been I have been to an Impact show before in my life. Um, I actually went with Andrew. Um, and a few other people. Uh, it was actually in Worcester. And uh, after that, we went to the Uno across the street uh, to eat. And then there were five or six of the wrestlers that walked in. We got to talk to a whole bunch from on, on the way out. It was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to be able to go, um, especially now with us having Bedlam and just being able to just be in, I don't know, an arena or, or just an area with wrestling fans and just the wrestlers. Ah, I miss this shit so much. <laughs> it's crazy. So I'm a music junkie through and through. I love music. I've been to more than like over a hundred concerts in my life in like 15 years. Nice. I've been going to shows. I've been craving wrestling more than I've been craving concerts. Mm. That being said, talk about, we, we, we had Van by Design came out, and Eric Young, again, <sighs> dropping the ball, WWE. Um, killer promo. Oh, my God. About how they're going to take over the world. And nobody's going to stop them. Nobody in the States. Nobody in AEW. Nobody in Mexico. Nobody in Japan. Except. Except we had a visitor. Um... We had, oh man, what's this for? Kojima come out. And pretty much look at Joe Doring, who's wrestled in all Japan forever. Mm-hmm. Pretty much look at him, point at him, go. Against the odds. Against all odds. Crazy enough, Scott, like 10 minutes ago, he liked our tweet. Did he really? Yeah, when I tweeted when he came out, I was about to say, I'm like, I'm going to wait. Wait, wait, Scott. He actually, uh, Kojima just liked our tweet. And I followed him for it. Ah, that's, all, that's amazing. It's the little thing, Scott, that makes I happy. know! <laughs> that is so awesome. Uh, following that, we got to hear, as Scott said, Decay's theme song two, the second and third time this evening, where Crazy Stephen Black Taurus took on Johnny Swinger and Hernandez with Decay getting the win. This was fun. Um... I love watching Johnny Springer come out. I love his character. Right? So good. It, it doesn't matter how bad he gets put down. He's just like on top of his game. He's Nobody as creepy as... Swing daddy. <laughs> right? He's as creepy as fuck, but he's still still real good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, interestingly enough, I don't think we talked about it last week, but did you see how John E. Bravo and Rosemary were in the room for the first time since the wedding? Yep. Yeah, no, I was uh, fascinating. 
That was that was a fascinating moment. Um, following that, we had the main event that was made by Don Callis, Moose, and Sammy Callahan taking on the Good Brothers, where the Good Brothers got the win toward, uh, and it was a good match. It was close. I thought Moose and Sammy were going to actually beat them, and then lo and behold, uh, they started breaking down because they both want their hands on Kenny Omega. Shocker. <laughs> so now I'm starting to think to myself. And I know Moose is going into against all odds against Kenny. I have this strong feeling that what they're about to like, like they're really going to break down this roster and build it up in regards to everyone's going to tear each other limb from limb to get their hands on Kenny. And they're going to realize that's not how they're going to get their title back. Because remember, we've been talking about how Impact wants their belt back. Impact wants their belt back. And I think we're going to have to see some character development where they're all going to have to realize, fuck, who is going to be the best person to go up against Kenny and take him out? And again, Scott, with the fantasy book, and we get Slam Reverse. Scott, I'm going to throw something at you. I'm going to throw something at our wrestling fans. I want to see Omega Okada 5. Hands down. I want to see it. However, if the rumors are true and they're not... And, and, and again, I think you watched Slammiversary last year. When those announcements were made, how many of those announcements that were on that commercial showed up on Impact? All of them? Most of Not them? all of them. Maybe, maybe two thirds. Because we got Brian Myers. Eventually, he showed up a little later. The only person that actually showed up that night, I believe, was Eric Young, and that was a complete surprise. What about uh, EC3? Did he show up at some anniversary, or was he a little afterwards? I don't remember. But no, you're right. So yeah, him too. So I'm, what I'm getting at here, Scott, as much as I want to see Omega Okada 5, they may have wrestled a while ago in the indies, in Ring of Honor, in some, what are they called, bingo hall. But Scott, imagine somewhere down the road. Hear me out. I really, I really need you to just. I uh, I love long buildups. This is why the Lord of the Rings movie is so good. It's like the anticipation is killing me. <laughs> Scott, now imagine Slammiversary happens, and we got a whole bunch of talent that comes out. And I'm just going to, go, again, I'm going off of what I saw and what we all saw. And now, as all this talent comes out, there's so many people in the Impact roster who've wrestled Kenny, and they can't defeat him, and he's the... There's only one man who's been able to come out of any odds, even by booking themselves. He lost big matches because companies wanted to put other people over who were already out of their prime. 
And the only way he would do so is because he has the power of yes. Oh my god, oh my god! I was so hoping you would say him. <laughs> if we get ah. Daniel Bryan, or in this case, he would probably go back to Brian Daniels. Brian Danielson, the fucking Brian, American dragon. Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega. Oh my god, I was so hoping you were going to say that. Oh my god. That, mm. I don't think you could do that in an empty arena. No. No. That's a bound that's a bound for glory match. In a full arena. In a with full a crowd. arena. Yes. And you have Omega and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. You're gonna fill that arena. On that, on those two names alone, you will fill the arena. Oh man. Please, guys, everyone just everyone who's listening, just just soak this moment in. Think about it. Now again. We don't know what's going to happen. Daniel Bryan has almost become a company guy, kind of like Seth Rollins has, almost. But with everything that's been going on recently with the company, it wouldn't surprise me if certain people showed up elsewhere because they were sick of... I mean, fuck, Macho Man left WWE because guess what? They told him he was too old. Yep. So, let's be real, folks. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Let that one soak in. Think about non-0% it. 0% chance. There's a possibility it could happen. <laughs> so you're telling me this chance. So you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, guys, uh, I definitely we want you we want your thoughts on how this is going. We we need to just we need to have open conversation on this. You know, the guys from Know the Ropes, terrible wrestling takes. Um, all of our all of our fellow podcasters as well. This conversation to be had. We got a little over a month till July, less than two months till Slammiversary. What the fuck is going to happen? And we have double enough nothing this weekend, guys. Don't forget, our go-home show will be dropping Sunday morning. Or maybe Saturday afternoon. I don't know. Keep an eye out, guys. Depending on how what Scott and I are feeling. Because you have your SmackDown study to still post. That is true, sir. Das is true. Yeah. And guys, if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself, Sam the SOB, official Scott at Scotty J Stream, and our third member, the head of the Super Ghost Radio podcast, Jerry, as the Jinx. Sorry, as Jinxist. He was correcting me about this one. Nobody could find him. It is just Jinxist, J I N X I S T. Um, we are on all streaming platforms, including Pandora and iHeartRadio now. If there's a streaming platform that you cannot find us on, please let us know. We will make sure we submit ourselves to go on that streaming platform. On your streaming platform, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, comment, leave a review. Tell people why Above the Ring and Bedlam Media is the podcast network that you want to listen to and why they should listen to it as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been Above the Ring. You guys like, share, subscribe, and as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. 
And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.